Hello, and thank you for taking some time to watch this video. My name is Emily. If we haven't met, I work with Chi Alpha at UNC, and I'm going to continue our spring teaching series on the Sermon in the Mount found in Matthew chapter 5 through 7. Um, so if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and find Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. But a few housekeeping things before I jump in. One is if you don't have a Bible and you would like to follow along in the scripture today, you can download the free YouVersion Bible app on any of your devices. And then the last thing is if you have any questions about this video or any of the videos on our Chi Alpha YouTube channel, or if you would like to share any responses with us from the video, you can email us at uncxainfo at gmail.com, and that's all lowercase and no spaces. And if you email us, um, we will respond back to your questions. So before we jump in, can I just be honest with you for a minute and say that it's only January and I'm already pretty over 2021. Like, did we leave 2020 and 2020? Because it feels like we didn't. We're still dealing with a pandemic that seems to be getting worse before it gets better and a very messy political situation. For the first time in US history, we have impeached a president twice and our political situation is so volatile that a group of protesters felt like they had to arm themselves and storm the Capitol building to interrupt an ongoing election process. It feels like we are more divided than we've been in a long time as a country. Racial tension, symbols of white supremacy and white nationalism out in the open, and such a divisive culture that it feels like we've forgotten how to walk in relationship with people who have different opinions than our own. And before you click out of this because you think it's gonna be about politics, it's not about politics, I know we're all tired of that. I just want to acknowledge how exhausted I am and it's only January. And it feels like this world is just going to keep getting worse and worse. And I feel pretty helpless. Am I the only one who feels that way? I wonder, is this ever gonna get any better? Where do we go from here as individuals, as a nation, and as the church? Is there anything that we can be doing when the world feels so dark? Is there anything that we should be doing? And uh, for those of us who follow Jesus, I think that God has something pretty timely and important to say to us. And I think it's going to be a little encouraging and a little convicting. And if you don't follow Jesus, or if you feel frustrated by what you've seen from Christians in the last few months, I encourage you to stay with me because hopefully what God has to say will give you some comfort and some clarity as well. And so join me in Matthew chapter five, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, and neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, 
They put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So what's going on here? Well, Jesus has just finished giving us the Beatitudes, which is what Joe taught us about in last week's video. And if you missed that video, just a quick overview of the Beatitudes. They are a set of statements that tell us about the inward and outward character traits of those that are called blessed by God. And if we are followers of Christ, the Beatitudes tell us what attitudes, both about God and about others, should motivate our actions in the world. So Jesus has basically just finished telling us what our character as Christians should look like, and now he's telling us why that matters. He's saying you, who live like the way the Beatitudes describe, you are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Now, why salt and light? Those are weird metaphors in 2021. Well, in the ancient world, salt was very, very valuable, especially for its qualities as a preservative. They didn't have refrigeration, and so they needed a way to keep meat fresh for food consumption. And salt has properties that slow down the process of spoilage and decay. And so they would salt their meat and it would keep for longer. And if they didn't have salt, then the meat would spoil very quickly and become unusable. Now, light is probably a little more obvious to you. They didn't have electricity in the ancient world either. So when the sun went down, life stopped because it got dark. And not the kind of darkness that we're familiar with, but the kind of darkness that you might know if you've ever been camping in the middle of the woods, even far away from light pollution of roads and cities, the kind of darkness that is complete, where any light, even the smallest source of light, is very valuable because it pushes back some of that darkness and allows you to see what you're doing, where you're going, and even any dangers that might be hiding in the dark. So what's Jesus saying to us in this passage? I think one thing that he's saying is don't be surprised that your world is dark and decaying. That's what it's been doing since the beginning. In fact, go read Matthew 24 and you'll figure out that it's only going to get darker as the end approaches. But though we may feel helpless, like we said in the beginning, we are not helpless. If we live the way the Beatitudes call us to live, we are salt and light. We are created and called to be like preservatives in the decay and like light in the darkness, distinct. Living in the world, but not like the world, we will have influence on the world. We are created and called to show the world that there is a different and better way to live and to be visible in doing so that they may see our good deeds and glorify our God. Now, let me be very, very clear. Jesus is not calling us to be more religious. He is calling us to be more like him. And what that means is the religious leaders of that time were called the Pharisees, and they were all about their distinctiveness from the world around them. They followed all the Old Testament laws that God gave the Jews to set them apart from the world, 
but they forgot the reason why God gave the laws in the first place, which was God's heart for people. And Jesus came so that the world would know God's heart. Jesus also cared about holiness and righteousness, just as the Pharisees did. But where the Pharisees flaunted their own righteousness and used it to put people down, Jesus lived his life among the sinners that the Pharisees wouldn't even associate themselves with. And where the Pharisees turned a blind eye to the needs around them and took advantage of the vulnerable, Jesus had compassion and worked to meet the physical and the spiritual needs of the people he encountered. And throughout the Gospels, Jesus opposed the Pharisees for their life of religion. In Matthew 23, 23, he tells them, and I'm paraphrasing here, you give a tenth of all your valuable spices to the temple, just like the Old Testament laws prescribe, but you forget the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should be just as diligent with these things as you are about tithing and other rules. And I think when we look at the Beatitudes, we see Jesus calling us to a similar life as to what he's calling the Pharisees to in Matthew 23, 23. Humble, compassionate, pure of heart, peacemakers, who also love and work for righteousness and holiness and truth. And it's when we hold all of these things together that's when we are salt and light. This is when our distinctiveness from the darkness and decay around us becomes a good influence on our world. And when people see a different and better way of living and they glorify our God in heaven. So why is this so important right now? Well, it's probably not that hard to guess because our world is so dark and desperately in need of God's church, all of his people together, to be salt and light. If we live the way the Beatitudes call us to live, we have influence. We are not helplessly watching our world descend into chaos. We can make a change in the world around us by showing the world that there is a different and better way to live and bring people to know God in the process. But this passage is a call and a warning because it warns us that just as salt can lose its saltiness and light can be hidden, so we can lose our influence in the world. If we fail to live like the Beatitudes are calling us to live right now in this moment in history, we will fail to be salt and light and we will lose our influence. If we say that we have a different and better way to live and yet live and look just like the world around us, people will call the church hypocrites and they will stop listening. Religion without compassion won't cut it in 2021. We cannot turn a, turn a blind eye to the needs around us, nor can we weaponize our own self-righteousness against other people. But compassion without truth won't cut it either. We have to tell the world that Jesus is the only way 
to spiritual salvation while we work to make the world a better place for all people here and now. This is the way that Jesus lived. This is the way to be salt and light. And this is not just a call for the church as a whole. It's a call for you and for me, because for whatever reason, God chooses to make his plans through individuals. And if we fail to be salt and light in our own circles, in our relationships, in the places of influence that God has given us, then the world will remain in darkness and decay. This is why we're here. This is our mission in this critical moment in history. We have to live the way that Jesus is calling us to live. We have to be salt and light. So, if you're listening and you're not a follower of Jesus, I hope that you hear that there's a different and better way than what you're seeing in the world right now, and His name is Jesus. He was sent by God to show us that God is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in mercy, and that God loves us so much, each of us, that though we are sinners, He sent Jesus not to punish us, but to sacrifice Himself so that we would have the opportunity to know God and to live the way that Jesus lived in the world. And if you've seen or heard anything from Christians recently or, or not recently that would cause you to believe anything else about Jesus, I'm sorry. That's not truth. And I would ask you to give Jesus, the Jesus of the Gospels, a chance. Read the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and you will see what salt and light looks like. You will see compassion and truth together. And to those of us who are followers of Jesus, who might feel overwhelmed or don't know where to start or a little helpless, I want us to start with Jesus because ultimately that's who we're trying to model here when we're being salt and light. Jesus gives us the perfect example so in February, I'm going to read through the Gospels because I want a fresh look of how Jesus lived his life. And I'd also want us to have confidence and take courage because through Jesus' self-sacrifice, he gave us access to the same power, the same Holy Spirit that he had while he walked the earth. And that's what made it possible for him to live as salt and light and that's what makes it possible for us to live as salt and light. It's not by our own ability. We have a lot of work to do, but we have the power of the one who can do it through us. And if you're curious about what it looks like to live in step with the Holy Spirit and to walk that out every day, I'd encourage you to join a life group. We meet every week as a community of Christ's followers and we learn from Jesus and we discover what it looks like to walk by the power of the Spirit in our everyday lives. And then I'd encourage you to pray. Pray through the Beatitudes, pray through your relationships, and ask God where He has put you uniquely right now to have influence. Because He has given us all relationships, family, jobs, 
classes, social media, where we are to be salt and light. And it is vitally important to the health of the church and to the salvation of the world that we learn to do so. So Jesus, I pray that you take these words and that whatever was mine, you let people forget, but the message that is of you, that you would cause it to stick in our hearts, that you would humble each of us in the coming weeks, that you would help us to look at your example of how to be salt and light. And God, I pray that you teach the church and lead the church in being salt and light. Help us to follow your example by the power of your spirit, Lord, because we really, really need it. Our world is so dark right now, but we know that you are calling us to be better and to have a good influence. So guys, thank you so much for taking time to watch this video. Again, if you have any questions or responses, email us. Um, the email is at the beginning of the video, in the slides, and also in my introduction. So have a great week. Thank you for joining.